This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Off the ball, getting inside the game on News Talk 106 to 108. John Giles is in studio this Thursday night. John, how are you? Okay, on. You're in happier humour than Rafa Benitez after his game last night? Well, he might be in better form tonight. I don't think he was in very good form last night. I think the whole thing got to him. I didn't think it would, uh, but the, I think the fans having a go at him all the time. And I don't. Think, I think he underrated or underestimated the response of the fans. Mm. Uh, I don't think he thought it would be as bad. Did you think it would be as bad? I didn't. No, because uh, I mean it's in Chelsea's interest and the supporters' interest to win matches, mm. and they must know that doesn't help when you're really having a go at the manager straight away. Uh, like even when he won a few matches, they, they, they were having a go at him. So yeah. I mean. You get behind the team, or you tried to get behind the team. I can un- I can understand it, but I think it was overdone, and I think he got fed up with it. And he also complained, didn't he, on about the interim interim, yeah, yeah. which by extension is a criticism of Abramovich. Really, that's certainly the way people are reading I, it that he shouldn't have been called the interim no, manager. The, the, the only the only thing it, it's I'd always feel sorry and have sympathy for a man in his situation, and but it would be it would be a little bit my my sympathy would be a little bit qualified maybe. qualified <laughs> because. If you're dealing with Abramovich, and he must have known what he was getting into, um, and he obviously wasn't charge wasn't in charge of the situation of his situation in it, because uh, if if you take the Lampard situation for example, uh, you know any time Benitez was interviewed, he was more or less saying this is nothing to do with me, this is the board's decision. Now he must have known that before he went in took the job, and I think we've spoken about this before on this, your program, is that if you do that then you're starting off very, very badly and you've no power whatsoever. Mm. And I think the interim manager situation uh, was, you know, interim means you're there till the end of the season. And he took it on. He was called he interim, took he took it on. on so yeah, you know, like again, if you shake hands with the devil, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to come a, come, a, come a cropper somewhere along the way. And I think it's just got too much for him at the moment on a personal level, the abuse he's had to take. But, um, you know, he, was never, he never took the job on the conditions... That he was insisting on at Liverpool. Previously, yeah. You know, at Liverpool, his, his big thing was, I'm not in charge of get the transfers. I want to be in charge of He wanted to be in charge of everything, which is the right thing to do. And it's funny. Maybe, maybe I don't know why he took the job, to be honest. Owen. Apart from the fact that he was out of work for a while, mm. there would have been a fair bit of money involved in it, even if it was only for nine months. He had uh, always said that he was only going back to one of the top clubs that could win trophies. But he had no chance of winning trophies with Chelsea. Mm. No chance of winning trophies with Chelsea. If... It's very, very difficult. In my experience in football, it's very, very difficult to win trophies when everybody's working together and pulling together. And it's hard work to do it then. If you get the situation with Benitez, as soon as you come in, in the, on the interim basis, well, the players don't buy into that. They know he's only here for a short time mm. anyway. So the manager's influence is eroded before he even starts so that's why I think he's had rows with Terry, hasn't he, and one or two players. The Lampard situation, mm. uh, you know, Lampard is, it w- obviously wants to stay at the club. The, the Bromov just made the decision he's gone. And uh, Benitez is in the middle. And people are asking him, you know, what's the situation with Frank Lampard? Don't you want to keep him? And he's more or less saying, well, yeah, I'd love to keep him, but it's not really my decision. Yeah. So that, that tells you the position he's in. I mean, how, how, what sort of relationship would he have with Frank Lampard, for example? Or John Terry, who's a pal of Frank Lampard's. The week didn't get off to a good start. Apparently, he was giving them a bit of a dressing down, and one of the players 
um, it may well have been one of those two said well but this is the squad that won the Champions League in, in, in other words I think it's yeah, well, implying that you're that you're that, the issue here Benitez not us but, but the, you see when you're in a situation with players like that the manager has to be the leader and he has to be in control of the situation if he's on that interim basis he can he, he can get onto the players but they have license right to say who do you think you're talking to because they know he's not going to be there next year so John, you I'm be- not saying it's right yeah. but that's what happens you believe then that Benitez is right to say that having the term interim before manager is a bad idea but he's not really in the best position to come out with the argument because he accepted it on those terms. Well, right? what, I think what he was saying in the paper was that there was his agent, there was a, a, some mistake in the translation mm. and it came out... As interim. ...before he knew it. Mm. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, if he's talking to Abramovich, Abramovich has to say to him, uh, this is, you know, this is till the end of the season, as it were. An interim, interim situation. He has to know that. That's even if he talked to Bramovich. I think there were rumours at the time that he mightn't have had a face-to-face he might, he conversation. Might not. He might not. But the fact is, he, he accepted, although he didn't want it to be made public that he, that he was interim, but that, that would have come out anyway. You know, the players would, have, would, would, would know that. They would know from the, from the club. Somebody would tell them. He's, he, this fellow's only here till the end of the season. And players have to believe, to have the power over the players, they have to believe that you're there for, on the long on a long term contract, because they say, well, he's not going. Whatever we do this season, he's not going to be there next year, mm. anyway. So you don't get the responses. You know, when you're dealing with a group of lads like that, they're sixteen, maybe twenty players. They're hard to control. You know, the great managers can control them. They have to. They have to be a leadership. They have to believe in that. But if they don't believe in the manager, and I'd say they didn't do from the start, then he's trouble. But he must have known that. He's an experienced football man, and he's won a lot of trophies in that. He must have known going into it that he was on a, a, a very, very uh, rocky, rocky territory. Is there any logic to what he had to say last night beyond just going out in a blaze of glory? Saying, no. just get everything off. Lots of people work places and want to say things, but don't feel they can. Whereas he's thinking, well, I might as well say it. They don't want me here. Yeah, I think he's had enough of it. You know, I think he's, uh, I think like a lot of, man- a lot of managers in, in, in uh, beneath the situation going into it, think I can handle it. You know, I'll get around it. It's not right, but I'll work around it. And I think he's found th- found out in certainly the last few days, he can't work around it. He's just not going to succeed doing what he's doing. And if, don't forget, he's not getting a lot of personal abuse, which I think is, is wrong. I think they never gave him a chance mm. because of, because of, apparently of the things he said about Chelsea uh, when he was Liverpool manager. Well, you know he's working for Chelsea now. That happens. That happens all the time. But he never. He's never got off first base with the fans, and I don't think he had the players. I don't think he had control of the players, and he certainly didn't have control of the Lampard situation. One thing about this, when he talked about the fans, he says they have to realise they're making a big mistake with their banners and abusing him basically because mm. the rest of the fans, the majority, he thinks would like to see the team in the Champions League. He calls the people abusing him in the minority. But if that group continue with their agenda, they are not supporting the team. It's interesting. I think that he. It seems to be putting a lot of store in the impact that the supporters can have on the short-term success of the team. He seems to be saying, you might want to be careful what you wish for here because if we keep losing games, we're not going to qualify for the Champions League and you're helping to cause that by creating a poisonous atmosphere. Yeah. Do, do the fans have that much of an impact on what actually happens on the field? Oh, but they would, uh, well, they would, they, they would have a, a big impact on uh, because they are the supporters and if the supporters are not supporting the team, uh, then there's something wrong somewhere along the way. And he's the cause of it. 
that's the problem. It's not the players that are, are the, the cause. It's, 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 it's a very complex situation. The supporters are going along to support the team. They want them to win, right? And, and there's a part of them that doesn't want them to win because they don't like the manager and the only way they can get them out is if they, if they lose. It's, it's the most peculiar situation, yeah. but that happens in football. Uh, but the personal abuse he's had, I think, has been dreadful. And I think he's got to the stage where, you know, the week before last, he was supposed to have a row with Terry, wasn't he? Yeah. And the son, I think, had to apologise. Did you see that? I didn't actually see that. Yeah, no. there was, it was in the paper there was a row. And it was funny the way it happened because the son had to apologise that there was a row. And as soon as they made the apology, two days later, they had a real row. Right. Uh, and so things have been been stirred up. Not great. All the, hasn't, I don't think he's got the players. I don't think he's got control of the players. And just back to the supporters for a second. Mm. You do feel then that he is correct to say that even though he's the cause of he's correct to say that if the supporters are spending all their energies in a negative fashion that could impact their chances of winning on the field there's a yeah. direct correlation between how the supporters act yeah. and what Definitely. happens on the field but that's why they call it support mm-hmm. you know there's nothing better than if you're playing at home and you're, 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 you're one down and you're pressing and the crowd get behind you of course it's great but what he would be thinking as well a lot of managers think you see there have been managers before who've started off below level and won the fans over. I mean, Martin O'Neill was one when he went to Leicester. Yeah. But the fans didn't like him. There was letters going in, we don't like him. Now, he 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 won them all because he won matches. I mean, if Benitez had won every match from the time he got to Chelsea to now, they would be, they, he would get them behind him, definitely. But that hasn't happened. Uh, Howard Kendall, when he was at Everton, when he first took over Everton, there was people throwing paint on his on his garage. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. There was yeah. some dreadful... And Martin O'Neill had a tough, very tough time at Leicester. But obviously then Howard Candle turned and started winning. And he won the cup, uh, the league twice in the cup and, and, and the cup winners' cup. And he was he was a hero. That's the way fans behave. Benitez hasn't been able to win them over. Now, to be fair, Martin O'Neill would have had more power over the players. He, first of all, he wasn't interim manager. Howard Candle wasn't interim manager. And he, he was he had control of the players, which and that's why he was able to get it uh, swing it round his own way. Whereas Benitez hasn't, he hasn't had the support of the players. The only way he could get them round by by winning, but he didn't have the support of the players or control of the players. Will Benitez, do you think, have damaged his reputation by his comments last night? Um, I don't think he will have damaged his reputation. I think he he he. I think he'll look back on it on it, on this particular uh, incident uh, last night and say I shouldn't have done that. It was a bit. Bit, bit silly mm. because it looks like he's feeling sorry for himself but you know to be fair to Benitez like if you look at his record he's had a terrific record but he has know? argued with club owners at Liverpool at Valencia also but yeah. I think at Inter Milan there was an issue with the owners also can, but, can a guy get a reputation as somebody who owners might steer clear of because they're a bit too much hard work um, I don't think so you see because despite the fact that he was, he was arguing with these people at Valencia he was winning things and I think I admire him for the arguments that he was having because he was trying to get the conditions that he wanted mm-hmm. to, to really control the situation the way Ferguson has done with Manchester United over the years. He's the perfect model. Uh, and he wasn't able to do that at Liverpool. But if you look at the things he won at Liverpool, were very, very good. To win the, 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 the La Liga twice with Valencia, uh, beating Barcelona and all the other teams, is, is a great performance. I think he won the UEFA Cup as well. So he's won a, he won a lot of shows. This is a man of, 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 of big stature in the game. And that's why I'm surprised he took the job at Chelsea on the conditions that he did because all the clubs he was fighting for it you know and he's been out of work for a while but he wouldn't be short of a few bob either so he could, he could wait I, I think no I, I think he will get another job uh, on, the, on, the, on the reputation and record he has you might just have to choose more wisely 
the next well, yeah, get, wait for the right offer to come along. Swallow his pride, manage a slightly smaller team if it comes to it. Might have to, because that's what you know. All 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 managers have to do that. If if if, if he went to a smaller team and got the conditions that he wanted, where he's more likely to get than a big team, then he'd have success with that team. Then he goes up to the bigger team, and then he has the problems that he had before. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it works. You know, I, I think I said to you before on this program that my, all managers have much more problems, bigger problems than the supporters realize. Mm-hmm from the directors or the owners or whatever they might be. Yeah. They have to eat a lot of humble pie. John, just a quick text on this before we take a break. Benitez has always got a point in the finger because he did it at Liverpool as well. It's always someone else's fault. Does he need to take some more responsibility himself? Well, I think he's taken a lot now. He's taken a lot of criticism of the first day. I don't remember him really pointing the finger at Liverpool. I mean, what was his record at Liverpool? He won the Champions League in his first year and he won the Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won one or two other trophies. I think he might have won the League Cup. Like his record at Liverpool was good, yeah. uh, and I don't think he ever had control of that situation. I never found him. I, actually, I found him one of the better managers in terms of uh, you know whinging about referees and that. And so, I think that, that a lot of the English managers turned on him. Mm. Like a lot of the English managers, British managers, or Irish managers, don't necessarily they don't really mm-hmm. like the foreign managers. Benitez, the eighth manager of Chelsea since Mourinho, they can't all be bad. It's another text in here. We're going to take a quick break. Gareth Bale has been impressing a lot of people. We'll see if he's impressed John Giles right after this. Off the ball on News Talk 106 to 108. Brian Gregan is ranked number one in the European indoor season based on times run this year, and he goes. Uh, in the European Indoor Championships in Gothenburg uh, starting tomorrow. So we're going to chat to him about that a little bit later on. We'll chat about some of the other athletes involved there with Mark Harrell and Eilish McSweeney. That'll be after 8 o'clock tonight. John Giles in the studio at the moment. John, have you been enjoying watching Gareth Bale recently? Yeah, he's, he's done well. He's done extremely well, Owen. Um, he, he, had, he had a spell last year, was it the year before, where he, he was coming on. Uh, I think the, the, the big change for him this year is that he's actually moved from the left wing into what we'll call a freer role. Because a bit like Messi, when Messi was playing on the right wing for Barcelona, right wingers or wingers generally have to depend on getting the service of the ball. They can't dictate, dictate the game themselves. They have to wait. And uh, as, as, as good as Messi was and Bale is, because they were so good, that they're obviously going to be marked on. But if they're playing on the wing, they're easily are marked because people can double up on them. They know where they're going to be all the time. Whereas now he's been released to go where he wants to go to use his ability, as Messi has done for Barcelona. So he can't be easily marked mm. because he can pick his position, he can come deep, he can go to the right side, he can go to the left side. It's very, very hard to pick him up. It's very hard to pick Messi up. So obviously, you've got to stop these guys getting on the ball. Yeah. Now, if he's played out in the left wing, you know, the right back knows he's going to be there. He can cut, cut down the middle of the field to stop the supply to him so he can't do his, produce his magic. That's the general rule you would have then. You'd like to see the best players in the middle. But some of them can't do it. I mean, Messi can do it and Bale can obviously do it. But there's a lot of wingers who are uh, wingers. You know, there's not many have the pace that those two have and the dribbling abilities that they have and the shooting power of Bale as well. There's not many people have that. So the likes of Lennon, who plays on the right, couldn't do that. He just wouldn't have the footballing... Now, he wouldn't have the ability, the ability to do yeah. with that. He wouldn't be able to go past players and score the goals that these fellas mm-hmm. are capable of scoring. So he has to play on the wing, you know. Whereas Bale has played on the... Actually, I think he played at left back when he, when he came to Spurs first. Uh, and the, once you put him on the left wing, I know from playing, if you're a winger, you have to stay wide and you have to wait for the ball to come out to you. But people, the defenders know where you're going to you be. You hated playing in the wing when you were out there? I, well, it wasn't my favourite position. Uh, and uh, but, but, I mean, I was, a, I was a natural midfield player anyway. But... Like obviously when I moved, you can you can go anywhere. Uh, Bale can go and he can go if he wants to go right. He can go left. So he's very very difficult to pick up as 
can I repeat myself, as Messi is. Whereas when Messi was on the right wing, like you know where he was going to be, so he, he, he wouldn't be as effective as he has been since he moved into the middle. If you go back in time a bit, then a guy like George Best, a winger like that, would you have liked to have seen him employed more centrally? He did. Yeah, he George, did. He George, kind of played everywhere. George, George started on the left wing, mm. right? But George didn't stay on the left wing very long. Yeah. I'd say after a season... Georgie moved into and went wherever he wanted to go. He was pretty much a, a roving player. And he was because he player, had yeah. to be. He had he had to be as well because everyone knew Georgie best. You could put the right winger could come back and mark him. The right back could, and and he had to pen to get. And if he was marked, say Bobby Charlton's on the ball in the middle of the field and Georgie's marked, he's got to turn the other way. He's not going to give it to him. Mm. So Georgie, you can't dic- dictate the game from the wing. You can dictate it from the middle of the pitch. Or from up front, not well. Mid midfield players dictate the game, but you can dictate where you can go if you're not tied to the one spot on the wing. And that's what Be- that's what Georgie Best did. Mm. Dennis Law obviously was, but Dennis was always a, a a striker. As well as footballing ability, does Bale's physique is that something that allows him to dominate games as he has done recently from the middle? He's just well, it's his strong, pace, fast. It's the it's pace, pace more than the the athletic. Yeah, no, it's his pace. It's his pace that's doing it. I mean, he's not barging people out of the way. No, and as Messi. Messi doesn't barge people. He's not a big fellow like Bale, but he has, he's quick and he's a great dribbler. Uh, Bale's close control wouldn't be as good as Messi's, but he's powerful and he can go past people. And he's got a terrific shot, probably a better, as good a shot, if not better, shot in his left foot than, than Messi has. So that's what makes him so dangerous. I mean, there's not, there's not many like Messi, but Bale is coming on into that category. If he keeps it, he's got to keep it up, don't forget. You Does know, he have got, to move to a bigger club? Spurs fans won't be happy with it, but... I'd say I'd say he will. I think if he continues to play as he's playing, then you will get Barcelona, Real Madrid coming in, who uh, will offer the type of money that uh, Levi won't uh, won't won't refuse. Because <laughs> we have spoken about this before with regards to a few players. I think you feel that when a player is good, if a player wants to be considered a great player, he has to move to the great club at some point in his career and prove it there. Now, well, the Tottenham chance- are a small club, yeah, but better chance of doing it. Uh, mm. on. Obviously, the better the club you play with, uh, and it's, they, they, like nowadays, it's it's not just the 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 better club, better team; it's the more money as well. Yeah. You know, don't forget Ronaldo was at a top club when he was at Manchester United. They'd won the the Champions League and that, but money talks because there was no other club in England uh, in the Premiership could afford. I think it was the eighty million that Real Madrid could afford for Ronaldo. So yeah. they'll, they'll follow the money, you know, in that in that way. Will, exciting player to watch anyway for the time being. Oh yeah, no matter who brilliant, yeah. We're going to get to some texts in just a little while, but I do want to ask you about Con Martin who passed away last weekend, a legendary Irish player of the 40s and 50s. Yes, yeah. Well, I, I, I watched him when I used to go to the Master Daily Moment with my father and Con was, was one of my heroes. Uh, he was centre-half mm. and he was most unusual. He could actually, he was, good, he was an international class goalkeeper. Played for Villa for t- for ten years, but played tw- actually picked twenty seven times I think to play in goal for Villa and picked in goal for playing for the Irish team. So he was a big, strong centre half, uh, left footed, great, great shot in his left foot, great kicker of the ball. But he he would have been uh, one of the heroes of my time when I was a kid. Yeah, we, we hear we, we hear he was a big, imposing kind of guy. I, I guess footballers weren't as big back then. But was that one of was was he a guy that had that sort of big centre half type? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you say, like, if you look at the players of my generation, they were a lot smaller than they are today. But Con would have been a big man today. Really? Oh, yeah. He was he was like six foot two, six foot three, and you know, good, good. He was a good athlete. He was a great Gaelic player. Yeah. Um, you know, he was an all round, all round sportsman. Thirty caps for Ireland, which doesn't sound. If you heard of a, doesn't anybody who has thirty caps for a country? It's good going. But back then, yeah, that's a, that's probably the equivalent of close to a hundred today. Really, is I it? would be because in those days they used to play about average about two matches. Mm three matches a season at the most. 
because don't there was no group there was no groups in those days the, the World Cup and all they were all knockout competitions so you didn't play six or eight matches or ten matches like we do like we do today uh, like in those days you got a, a statuette beautiful statuette oh, I was lucky enough to get one right. myself for 25 caps right and it was, that was a big it was a big deal like Tommy Eglinton who played the same time as as uh, as Con played for Everton for 10 years got 24 he didn't get the 25 and he was a regular in, in the Irish. Like it was a big honour to get 25 caps so the 30 caps that as you said that Con got would have been equivalent to probably 90 to 100 today do you still have that statuette somewhere? Yeah, we might get you to bring it in. I don't know if we've yeah, seen yeah, it yet. Yeah, I'll bring it. I'll bring like it. A, it's actually up in Hollystown uh, in the, the golf club. In the, 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 there's a there's a cabinet up okay. there. Uh, so it's in there. I'll, I'll bring it in right, and show so it to you. Con yeah. Martin, of course, his son Mick Martin, he had another son who played League of Ireland. Uh, Owen Garvin is now a oh yeah, Con. Well, Con, there was Con and uh, Con Martin. He's, he's I think he's four or five lads. Uh, Con Martin, well, Con played in the international team with me. Uh, and he played at West Brom when I was at West Brom. He was a very good player, and Con played played League of Ireland. Yeah, a pretty good family. Yeah, they were good, there. good, good, good uh, sporting family. Brilliant stuff. Five three one zero six is the text line. If you want to get some into us now, we'll be back right after these. Off the ball, getting inside the game on Newstalk one zero six to one zero eight. First text is from David. No, the second text will be from David. The first text is no name attached. Ask John if he thinks modern fans are morons or more moronic than they were when he was a player. I think they are. Um, now he's calling them moronic I'm not calling them moronic when, when I started playing football or watching football or when I went to England um, first of all both sets of fans could mix and they were like genuine football lovers in that they would if it was Tottenham Hotspur and Danny Blanchflower was playing they'd actually clap him if he did something good oh. whereas now I think it's become more tribal mm. uh, I don't I think a lot of they go for the, their team to win so as they could shout at the opposition and they're not really interested, certainly not interested in the opposition, and they very, very seldom clap. Was it, was it genuinely like that when you played? Oh, yeah. There would be a certain amount of applause for oh, a great definitely, player or another definitely. team. Definitely, the teams used to. Um, I, I had a friend in Birmingham, an old guy, and he was West Brom supporter, and but uh, he would, if Blackpool were coming to play Villa, him and his pals would go and see Blackpool because mm. Stanley Matthews was playing mm. to see Stanley Matthews, mm. although they didn't support Villa, but they 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 just loved all the all the players, and they did want they wanted to go and see him. So there wasn't this uh, sort of pressure uh, or whatever, what, what word you want to call it, on winning the matches. What changed that? Would it have been TV that you, everybody now is so exposed to all the players, they don't need to go and applaud their greatness because they'll see it. So they might no, have It changed over the years. On, first of all, the hooliganism came mm-hmm. into, into the game, uh, which had nothing to do with football, really. These were hooligans. They were going to be hooligans wherever they were going to be. I don't know. The change came, I suppose, in the 70s, I'd say in the 70s, where it was... Uh, uh, actually, I'll just give you name, that lad I was telling you about. He went to see West Brom playing in, in yeah. a playoff at Wembley and they scored. Uh, West Brom scored. And he said for, for ages afterwards, he couldn't see the game. They were standing up to West Brom saying, you know, said, who are you? Who are you? They weren't looking at the match. Yeah. And he couldn't understand that because he was an old he was an old guy and he would have appreciated the opposition. That's where he came from. Like they were football lovers and loved, the, loved all the, the star players and that. Uh, I'd say that changed, I'd say, in the 70s time. In John's opinion, how much scope will Abramovich give Mourinho if he becomes manager, says Jerry from Kerry. Well, I'd say he's the only one that he's likely to give the conditions uh, that's required to be successful. I think when he came last time, I think he did early for the first two years and he won two trophies, uh, two or three trophies, but that wasn't good enough for Abramovich because remember he said he's not sexy enough, he's not as attractive enough. I think he wants a Barcelona-type mm. team. And I think he thinks if he picks the players, see, don't we get? He's not a football man, 
So he's actually ignorant about the game. He's not, he wouldn't have a clue on the game. But with all the money he has, he, I think he thinks if he bought. See, I think he bought um, Oscar and Hazard and uh, the, the Spanish lad uh, uh, Mata. Mata. I think he bought them because they're they're Barcelona type players. And I think he thinks if he gets enough of them, just throw them on the pitch, <laughs> and they'll 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 be. Uh, similar to Barcelona he wouldn't know about the discipline and the coaching and everything else that's gone into the Barcelona team and the work ethic he wouldn't see that all he would see would be the uh, and he has to be brilliant and Messi be brilliant and that, that and he thinks I think he can buy that and it doesn't matter who's the coach throw him in there and they'll, they'll do their stuff Is Mourinho an accident waiting to happen if he goes back will that just end in tears then if that's still the way I say you see if you look at Mourinho's career Mourinho doesn't last more than three years at a club now he might not last even this. He might only last the three years, even Real Madrid, despite the fact that they're, they're they're still in the Champions League and they beat Barcelona the other night. But he's he's a three year man himself, anyway. So I think if 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 uh, Abramovich lets him go for three years, mm-hmm. it's as much as he'd want. Uh, but I think if he let him go for three years, he'd get a job done for him again. Good question here. Can you ask John if it's important as a manager that your players fear you on some level as you have influence over their careers? Rafa doesn't have that influence, so his players don't fear him. And if so, did John put the fear of God into his players as a manager? Um, I, 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 I think he's making the point I made early on that if the manager's a lame duck in terms of... They, the, the players need to think that you're there forever, right? Is that fear? Is, is that... Well, that's a fear. It's a self-interest yeah. thing because you have to please the man. If the manager's in control of the situation, you have to please the manager for your new contract if you're in the team and all the things. So there's a certain amount of fear in it. Now, you, you can apply that fear without being a bully, you like you can treat players well, but you have to let them know, look, this is what you expect and this is what you have to do. So you have to lead the players, but there has to be that threat without it being like if you if you bully them too much, uh, then it's it's wrong anyway, and they they'll resent it. But if they know that, uh, like Brian Clough was a, was was a master of it. Well, all the top managers were. You know, Shankly, I told you when the player was injured, he wouldn't talk to them. he wouldn't talk to him. He had to be, what are you doing for me today? You know, and he had some great players. That seems almost like bullying to me, though. Maybe not bullying, but well, it's, in, it's in, not a great way to treat it, another no, person. In, in football terms, uh, a lot of the players wouldn't like it. And I told you of a famous Wolves player I met, met you who were very successful under Stan, Stan Cullis. Uh, and uh, he was a terrific player. Peter Broadbent was his name. And uh, I saw him at a do about 10 years ago in Manchester. And these were a terrific team. Wolves were a terrific team. And Stan Cullis was a great manager. And he said, uh, I said, what do you think of what was Cullis like? And he said, he was the biggest so-and-so I ever met mm-hmm. in my life. He said, but he was a great manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hear John McGovern talking about Brian Clough. You know, he said, I'd walk on water for him to, for him playing football, but I wouldn't go out for a drink with him. You know, but all managers have this... Thing, Martin O'Neill has spoken a bit like that about yeah. Clough, that he could never seem to please him. No. So he but, kept but, trying harder to please but him. But Cloughy was, was, was working him. Mm. You know, like John Robertson became a great player on the Clough because he got Clough's approval. But John, John Robertson needed that. I think uh, Martin O'Neill was a bit of a rebel. Right. So Clough never said, no, you haven't done enough yet. You haven't done enough yet. But he got the best out of him for for, for a long period, for the time he was there, because Martin was a very, very good player as well. So managers work in different ways. Uh, and they, they can be bullyish. But most of the, like, Busby was, was, was hard as nails. But he was a charming guy. Mm. You do it in a charming way. You know, you wouldn't fall out with him. But next thing you'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Clough, Clough would tell you straight to your face. You know, he dominated everybody around. But I think it, but, but, but there has to be a feeling. If if you remember, go back a few years, when Alex Ferguson said he was going to retire, the team went to bits. Mm. Because that threat's not there. Of Well, I've got to please him because 
I've got to do my contract. Incredible, even though that's Alex Ferguson, do you think they would have just a natural fear or respect for him? Not if he was gone. Mm. Because if he was gone, he was gone. Like, if a fella's gone, he said, look, you can F off, as far as I'm concerned. You're gone anyway. So there was no threat. There was no threat there to say, well, you won't be in the team or you, your new contract is coming up. I won't be keeping you. And Ferguson, I'm very, I think Ferguson I, I appreciated that himself. One on Michael Lauder Pierre, is John impressed with the job he's done with Swansea so great. far? Yeah, great. John, real class. Real class. On He's one of the few that you know, I haven't heard him on about uh, managers or whinging. You know, I think this fella's a classy, really classy guy. He's very relaxed about the whole thing. Maybe that's an outward, but. No, that's not, that wouldn't mean. I wouldn't mean it. I, I see. That there's a lot of show in football. The, the manager on the touchline shouting and roaring in that. Now I can tell you from playing, you don't hear the manager. You know that's show, right? Now I, I think a manager. If I was, if I was, when I was, I'd sit back and because you have to analyse the game and see what's going on. You can't do that if you're jumping around like an idiot yourself. But it impresses the crowd because the crowd think he's enthusiastic. Yeah, managers are loudrop is enthusiastic, but he has to watch it. Just to see what's going on and take it all in. John, brilliant. We're going to have to leave it there. Great to have you in the studio as always. Thanks, Owen. Uh, sorry we couldn't get any more of those texts, but we'll read a few more out after 8 o'clock. I'm sure we're going to focus largely on the European indoors after that. Challenge Murph coming up between 8 and 9. And Don came pretty close with both his tips last weekend. And he had a few winners for a few weeks before that. So we'll see what he does this week. Conor Murray also speaking to Simon, the Ireland scrum half, all on the way between 8 and 9. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.